Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of But it's not just another episode. It's the start of Season 5, Episode 200 of the Sports Talk and Real Estate Podcast. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my buddies, Bill Risser, St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and back from a hiatus, our good buddy, Shea Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. Let's go around the horn and check in with the guys. We were off last week as we all traveled, but let's just catch up and start Season 5. Bill, how are you, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. Um, I, I really, I'm embarrassed by how beautiful the weather is here. It was 78 degrees today. <laughs> Golf was amazing. Uh, and uh, I'm super busy. You know, I've got, uh, we had our Key West trip last weekend. Maybe we'll touch on that later. And I've, I'm on the road to Lee County and Orlando this week. So <clears throat> I'm off tomorrow for the holiday, but then on the road the rest of the week. Awesome. Todd, what's going on in, in coming? I know you've had a little tennis match today, right? So yeah, we, uh, we, we, we finished up second in the division, which gets us a uh, spot in the playoffs. So pretty exciting. Um, playing A1 mixed doubles, so it's, it's always good. Um, so great week last week. Um, kind of blessing and curse having a day week off of the show because uh, I definitely missed it, but it makes me appreciate it more. And then to have our old buddy Shay join is just icing on the cake, right? It's, uh, it's awesome to – to talk to you guys and looking forward to a good week of uh, a good night of talking sports. Awesome. Shaber, man, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you back. Uh, almost, hopefully almost springtime there in the Pacific Northwest. Are you seeing any sunshine? If spring constitutes a high temperature of 48 degrees, then I guess it's springtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold here. It's cold. It's gray. It's, it's everything you hear about the Northwest for sure. Rainy off and on. It's just, I had a friend up in uh, Seattle. Just they're like just it's sixty straight days of no sun. Does that sound about right? Ooh, cloud, huh? Yeah, cloud cover. Yeah, I I think I saw the sun probably about a week and a half, two weeks ago for maybe three hours. This is the last time I've seen the sun in the last oh month. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so Shay, let, let me ask you this: um, In my former life, I play, I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin, right? And people went and literally went to tanning beds just to get that, that UV. Is that, is that something popular up there where you'll go hit a tanning bed just to get that, that sun feeling in? I, I think a lot of people do that. I know for me, um, the lack of vitamin D, I went to the doctor yeah. and I found out I was actually vitamin D deficient. I had to actually receive wow, a vitamin yeah. D shot uh, to get vitamin D back in my body. Wow. It, it's a real thing here. But isn't wow. there's it, like it's a SAD or something, right? Seasonal what? affection. What is it? Seasonal affect disorder. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SAD. The winter blues, right? The winter blues. Mm. Wow. Well, things are th- things are good here in Columbus. We're uh, we're we're maybe gonna have some some sunshine this week, but temperatures are gonna stay in the maybe maybe low forties, thirties. We had fifteen a couple nights ago, so. Uh, guys, let's talk sports. We, uh, we with Shay on the on the line. I want to go right to NBA, but but we always start with with championships that were passed out. Uh, we had one that happened in LA today. Uh, quite a star-studded field, Bill. I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the action. I did uh, Thursday through. There was an unbelievable field down at the Genesis, which is also known as the LA Open. Um, Adam Scott comes away with his 14th PGA Tour victory, his second LA Open, but kind of a coincidental only his first official one because the one that he won was a 36-hole rain out match um but some pretty good golf he he holds on to beat Kuchar, rory um 
uh, Max Homa, quite a field. Max Homa, Max Homa, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great Kang. Twitter follow, yeah. Sun Kang, sure. Sun Kang, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? What a field. I mean, it was just you know, and obviously uh, Tiger and DJ, and you know, a lot of people. Tiger and Phil, Phil missed the cut. Um, but did you have a chance to see any of it? Maybe yeah, a little bit. Great. Yeah, it's, you know, it was fun to. It's just weird. Uh, I heard a great stat, and maybe you heard the same one at the end of the telecast, where uh, Tiger has yet to win at Riviera. Mm. He's never won there. But some other player you know really well, Sean, didn't win there ever either. Jack, Arnie, Jack, Jack yeah. never won yeah. at Riviera. Yeah. So uh, it's a giant killer that course, and that's, and that's crazy. Well, he, I mean, like he grew up in LA, I, you know, and so he played. I'm sure a ton of. Well, I shouldn't say a ton. It's a private course, so if they had certain events, he'd play there. But um, and he played there as a 16 year old in the in the uh, well maybe it was the nissan open back then but yeah he just whatever right. whatever reason that course doesn't uh um suit his eye i guess yeah yeah, yeah. it's not ohio where he's won like 13 <laughs> tournaments or something like that exactly um i'm sure uh i'm sure phil will trade um never winning a u.s open tiger never winning at riviera right so yes for sure, <laughs> for sure. i'm yeah. sure tiger will be just fine he'll be just yeah fine. he'll be fine yeah yeah the guys head to uh, Mexico next week for the WGC. Uh, a couple of big names have already said they're not playing. Tiger's not going to play. Uh, I believe he's Phil's hurt, not right? Play. Um, yeah. uh, Tiger. Any any ailing a little? No, bit he, so? he he played he played all four rounds this this yeah. tournament. He just yeah. just shot seventy seven today. Just just yeah. didn't have it. You know? Seventy six, okay. seventy seven on the weekend. Ain't going to cut it. Yeah, that info. Get, yeah, my. not going to get it done. Um, another another trophy that would have been given out today had it not rained <laughs> in the state of Florida. Uh, Daytona. For the first time since 2012, delayed until Monday. Oh, uh, wow. Bill, no, I, I I looked online. Are they going to start the race where they ended, or are they going to restart it? No, they'll. I think they'll re- they'll start it where they ended it, but they weren't very far into the race. I mean, that rain like came 65, early. 70 laps or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> so they're they're going to start it from there. They won't start it yep. over. But think about the just the logistics of something like that, because you know, quite Hotels, honestly, the right? Super Bowl yeah. of NASCAR, right? Yeah. Their biggest race is at the beginning, not at the end of the season. And so, a hundred thousand people are there, and they probably had probably plans. more than that. A hundred thousand in the in, in the yeah, in the, but all around the stadium. Yeah. Just crazy. That how do you? What a nightmare! Just a nightmare. So, and who knows what the weather's gonna be like tomorrow in that part of the state of Florida? So, all yeah. I know is in St. Pete it never rains. So, I'm just letting you guys <laughs> know that if you're heading this way. <laughs> Sorry, Shay. Well, guys, let's uh, <laughs> let's 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 fast forward right to basketball. Uh, we got yeah. Shay on had been on a, for a couple weeks with us. Um, had, didn't have Shay on obviously a couple weeks ago when the Kobe Bryant news broke. But obviously, the NBA is pretty much for the last three weeks pretty much been finding any way, as has pretty much all the other sports, any way they can to honor and remember Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, I, I, we saw a lot of the other. Sports leagues do some pretty cool things. Phoenix Open with the flag on 16. And we talked about what the Columbus Blue Jackets did in their opening. And um, before we talk about the NBA changing the name of the All-Star MVP trophy to the Kobe Bryant MVP trophy, uh, Shay, just your thoughts as an NBA fan, as a young man who grew up in that generation uh, with, you know, you came kind of after Jordan. Although as a, as a basketball fan, you obviously appreciate and respect Jordan. And, and you look at Kobe now. I mean, you look at LeBron now, but but you're you're a Kobe generation guy. Well, you're right um, in the middle of it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, just just your thoughts at being a huge NBA fan. I mean, I I think it's safe to say it's your it's your number one sport. Um, just your thoughts on the passing of Kobe and what the league has done since. Uh, I'm a Kobe guy. Kobe mm. Kobe was my guy. When you look at uh, mm. when you look at sports figures that you kind of look up to. 
Um, Mamba mentality meant something different to me, to people in my age group, my generation. When you look at Kobe, I think you got to put him in the same category as as great leaders, even in even in like a business realm. A lot of people don't understand. One of the cool things I think Kobe did, everyone talks about how he was fluent in multiple languages and things of that nature. But when Kobe would have a teammate to come along and he would make it a point to learn a certain amount of words so he could communicate, basketball communicate with that player in their native tongue. And a lot of people don't realize that that goes a long way for making your teammates feel welcome and feel comfortable around you because it wasn't fun to play with Kobe. I mean, you, you look at interviews with Dwight and Shaq and a lot of people will tell you it wasn't fun because it was all business all the time with Kobe. All he cared about doing was winning and being the best that he could possibly be and then putting the, his best product out, you know? And, um, and, and, and that meant a lot to me because he spared no costs. You know, he, he, played sleep deprived. He played through multiple injuries. It didn't matter what came in front of him. He was still locked in and concentrated on winning and on his craft. And, and that kind of resonated with resonated with me. And, and that's why I had such an appreciation for Kobe Bryant. And I think Kobe Bryant after basketball was a completely different beast. And we were just starting to kind of see some of the things he was doing with Mamba Academy and some of the things, you know, as a dad and, and some of the things that he was doing, you know, winning an Oscar and things of that nature. It was just beginning. Like life was just starting for Kobe. And uh, it, it hit hard for me. It definitely hit me hard. Shay, uh, obviously, Bill and, and Todd and myself, Todd and I both fa- fathers of daughters, uh, Bill, a father of a son. Uh, you, you're, you're still not uh, you're a single guy. Um, you know, looking at him, do you look at him maybe as a, a role model is what he, what he did as a, as a parent. I mean, it's I pretty, it's pretty cool to to some of the things I've seen. Yeah. I, I think that, like I said, life after basketball, he was really just coming into his own. I think you have to be really careful. I think the old Nike commercials with Charles Barkley and the, I'm not a role model type of mm. thing. You have to be careful mm. calling your sports figures role models. Um, but I think that he was really just coming into his own after the sport. Um, like I said, Kobe Kobe spent probably 16 to 18 hours a day just on basketball. And in doing that, you guys know you're neglecting your wife. You're neglecting your children to a certain extent. And so he was just trying to catch up ground and make up ground in those relationships that he didn't nurture as much. And you know, I, think I, I was going to say, yeah, I think that um, – I think that's the biggest – you know, the, the biggest part of the tragedy is, is what, what we, what we're going to, we're going to miss the next 30 years of what Kobe was going to do. Mm. Right. Mm. He was going to become this elder statesman um, and not just of that sport, but of a whole lot of other things. I think that's where he was headed. And that's, that's just the basketball star. Yeah. We got yeah, to see the We didn't get to him. see the businessman who was going to, you know, a guy with um, power and wealth and the ability to make changes and stuff, you know, that's gone. We don't, you know, um, we don't have that anymore. And, and to piggyback on, on Chase point, maybe not piggyback, but just expand is like so many of these athletes and their career, and they just seem just lost and with right. no direction just because it must be incredible to be an all-star. And it appeared, and maybe it's taken a couple of years, but now it appeared that Kobe was all in, right? He, yeah. he was, you know, as, as Shay mentioned, the Mamba Academy, um, obviously 
father of three daughters, loved his oldest and youngest daughter, but certainly was honed in with his middle daughter and, and how, I mean, they said she was a WNBA prospect, right? She was legit, real deal, um, really good. And it was, it was, it was kind of fun for me in retrospect to look that he had life after being an all-star and, and you know, some, sometimes guys fade off in the sunset and maybe he would have, and we know more about him because of the tragedy, but, um, I like the way he embraced and it's just, it's just sad. It's just a sad tragedy for sure. So. I, I think what the NBA is doing right now and honoring Kobe is great. I think it's necessary. Um, you know, dedicating especially a lot of this all-star game to Kobe, that's cool. But I would love to see the NBA retire both numbers, both 8 and 24, at least 24. Just retire the number across all across all teams. Didn't, didn't Mark Cuban do that uh, with Dallas? He retired um, 24, with, I think, right? With Dallas, he did. And, of course, yeah. it'll be that way in L.A. But I w- I'd like to see all teams do it. Yeah, I, was, I thought that was man. cool for Mark yeah. Cuban to do that on his own, right? I thought that was pretty cool. Like there's precedent yeah. for that. Major League Baseball did it with Jackie Robinson, which was a 42 a beautiful yeah. move. Yeah. 42. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember, uh, you know, R- R- Rivera was the last guy to get to wear it, you know, because he was yep. still an active player and he wore it for another, what, 17, almost a long 14 time. years or so. Yeah. A long mm-hmm. time that he wore it. And it was always kind of a special thing when, on, you know, on uh, what day is it that, that they all wear his uniform, Bill? Is it? Jackie uh, oh, it's, day or, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I think like it's, his Robinson day, yeah. it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Yeah. Every right. player yeah. wears it. Yeah, yeah, kind of cool. So we'll see. I, I think I think Sterling has done a or uh, not Sterling. What's it? Silver. Silver. Silver's oh, done silver. a great job. Silver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sterling oh, Silver. Not Sterling. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Sterling Silver. Donald Sterling. Yeah. You couldn't be farther apart with that one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but that's funny. I think he's done. A, he's done a nice job. Uh, obviously, the the NBA kind of at its, at its halfway point. Uh, you know, we're we're in the, we're recording this during the All Star game. Uh, a little different setup this year with Team LeBron, Team Giannis playing playing by quarters instead of uh, total points. Um, but up leading up to now, Milwaukee leading the East and LA Lakers leading the West. Probably not a surprise if we go back to maybe our shows previewing the season. My guess is Shea probably dropped both of those teams as. As favorites, let's just ask Shay. Uh, biggest surprise uh, in the NBA so far um, is it is it the domination of Luka Doncic and what he's doing? Is it uh, you know is it the Lakers not being further out you know in the lead? What is what would you say is one of the bigger or a couple of the headline surprises of what you've seen so far? Uh as far as on the court and we look at standings, I think the biggest surprise for me is the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. Uh, even with Ja Morant, it's a team that that I think most people thought would be holding up the rear in the Western Conference. And they have a pretty nice grip on that seventh or eighth seed in the West. And it looks like the Memphis Grizzlies could slide in the playoffs still. And I don't think anyone really expected that. Uh, ja Morant is playing extremely well, doesn't look like a rookie at all. He looks like a veteran, and he's taking control of that team. Uh, that's a huge surprise for me. <clears throat> uh, sticking in the Western Conference, I think uh, a huge disappointment would be uh, what's going on here in Portland. You look at a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year, they're yeah. putting everything they have just to compete to maybe slide into an eighth seed this year. Uh, they had a lot of injuries, but that's still extremely disappointing for the success they had last season. Mm. Let me just 
call time out there. Just just talk for a second on what Dame Lillard did during that stretch, uh, <laughs> where you know in that game where they honored Kobe and he went off and what scored two hundred and sixty three points or something like that in five games. I mean, it was it was a. I mean, he was just you know to say he was on fire would 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 be an insult to fire. Um, he was <laughs> unbelievable. If Damian Lillard isn't a player of the month in the NBA this this month, <laughs> it, it's a travesty. That's even with what the injury. What Damian Lillard right? did, yeah. Well, I, 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 we've got theories on that here in Portland too. Oh. But, <laughs> uh, um, and, but I will say the this show though, after the show, what, right? Um, yeah. What Dame What Dame has done, even before Kobe's death. Uh, I'd say probably the the four games before Kobe's death up until I'd say the last two to three games before the all-star break, it was very reminiscent of 2006, 2016 Kobe or 2006 Kobe, pardon me. When uh, Kobe went on that stretch where he had 40 point game after 40 point game, and then mm. you sprinkle in a 60 point game and then the 81 point game. But Kobe did it because he had to do it in order for the team to win. And Damian Lillard's doing the same exact thing. Yeah, C.J. McCollum's there, and you have Hassan Whiteside, who's giving you double-doubles every night. But if we don't have 40 points from Damian Lillard, the Blazers don't win the game. Mm. He has to do it. Interesting. Shay, let's talk about Luka Luka Doncic really quick. Just, I mean, this kid continues to impress, uh, you know, what he's doing and the number of triple-doubles he's putting up at his age. Um, Knowing what, you know, the defense knows what he's got coming for him, and, you know, if they try and – stop him from scoring he's going to get assists and if they ignore him on the rebounds he's going to get the rebounds I mean he's he's just become one of the most complete players in the league at age what 21 22 I think right yeah yeah he's he's, he's 22 he's, he's going on 23 actually pretty soon um the thing that gets me with Luka Doncic it's amazing when you watch him play how easy the game looks to him he never looks out of breath. He never looks stressed. He never looks confused. It's just the flow. Everything looks easy to him. It just comes to him. Um, I think that can be attributed to basketball without borders and the way that the game has grown internationally for it to give a player like Luca and Luca an opportunity to be a pro at 15, 16 years old. You know, he's seen everything there is to see. And so now he's really able to have fun and he's able to play with a certain joy about himself um, and his game. You know, it, you but say, with that you being said, Sean, with, go ahead, Todd. Or Bill, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to, for Todd, I wanted to, to show like Lucas having an amazing season. But if you think back on draft day, the Atlanta Hawks drafted Luka Doncic. And they traded Luka Doncic to Dallas in exchange for Trey Young and a number one pick. But if you look at that, yeah. if you look at points scored and you look at assists, average per game this year, Trey Young has better numbers this mm. year on those two categories than Luka Doncic. Wow. Really? But Luka gets all the credit. It's just something to think about. And now his team has way more success than the Atlanta Hawks, but it's yep. just something to think about. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really wow. interesting. Yeah. Bill, what were you going to say? Uh, you know, when you watch Doncic play, it feels – I don't want to say uh, – you, you talk about easy, how easy he makes it look and how – it almost feels like he's only given like – he only has to give like 75%. I know he's not. I know he's giving 100. But does that make sense that it's – I don't want to mm-hmm. call it a lazy look. But if I was going to – yeah, I guess, yeah. If I was going to equate it to another – Gary Templeton. And this is going way back, um, Shay, but <clears throat> Gary Templeton was 
well, traded Ozzie Smith was traded you know, to the Cardinals. Oh, that was a big mistake by the Padres. And Templeton comes to the uh, pods. And Gary Templeton just had this really easy, simple, it just like he only exerted enough effort to get done what had to be done. He was like in a conserving energy. Other people called it lazy and everyone said, no, this, he's a great shortstop. But I feel the same, th- same way when I watch Luca. Is that a fair assessment? He's, or is it just because he's so good and so, so much kind of knows what's happening? It just looks like he doesn't have to run around like a crazy man trying to get everything done. Is that, am I even close with that? I think that's the mark of a great point guard. I, I remember back to when I was in middle school and I was at Sam Mitchell basketball camp in middle <laughs> school. And, uh, and, and, and coach Mitchell was there and uh, he said to me, he said, you don't have to go hard all the time, young fella. He said, the mark of a good point guard is being able to control the game and be able to control your change of speeds. Uh-huh. That's great. Knowing when yeah. to switch that gear, knowing when to take that explosive step, you know, when to attack that crease or crevice or when to force that pass in, that's what makes a good floor general. Mm. And I think you see that a lot in Luca. That's cool. Did you run point, Shay, when you were playing? Did you play point guard? Unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> I thought I was more of a, a scoring point guard. I thought I was Allen Iverson, but uh <laughs> Hey Sean, b- before we before we jump, um I want to ask Shay because he's our, our our basketball guy. Um who does Luca remind you the most of? Because and I don't want to lead the witness, but at first I thought Larry Bird making everyone better around him, um great passer, great scorer, but the more I think about it, is he is he more of a Magic Johnson influence, where um, big, tall, kind of kind of run the show? What, what do you what do you think? Who do, who does he of of the old greats remind you most of? Or or is I think he Luca? I see a little of a kind. Yeah, I, I think we've never seen anything like him. If I were to uh, to take some old names and and force to form a comparison, I would say a little of Larry Bird, but a lot of the old Kevin Johnson with the Phoenix Suns. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I like Kevin that. Johnson and Larry Bird hybrid is what I would, what I would, <laughs> okay. Because you I get, the, never point, you get, that, you get the point guard good. part of Kevin Johnson and you get the, uh, the, the length and the wing of, a uh, of, uh, Larry Bird, right? Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. And while we're talking Kevin Johnson, shout out to Kevin Johnson, man. Kevin Johnson <laughs> went on to be the mayor of Sacramento. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I got to watch KJ play a lot in uh, Phoenix coming over. I wouldn't live, didn't live there at the time, but I, for spring training, we'd come over and we'd go to the, uh, this is be, even before America West Arena. I saw the Suns play at uh, Veterans Memorial. Yeah. The, the madhouse on McDowell. Mm. That's going way back. So. <laughs> So, hey, before we move off NBA, I, I do want to uh, spotlight the young kids. Uh, you mentioned John Morant, um, Shay, and he's just – I mean, he's a highlight reel. I love what he's doing. I mean, the way he, he you know, expands the, the, the defense and then can drive or dish or dunk. And, and then we saw, you know, Zion Williamson make his debut and had an amazing game a couple games ago where he just went off and, and you know, scored 30 at 30 some fastest fastest player to 30 points in like 20 31. years or something like that yeah. um i mm-hmm. you know i don't think uh i think i think you know i'd be surprised if he can somehow catch up with what jean Morant's doing but you know he does get a lot of the, the media love just just what what's been your impression of of zion uh and and, and ja and is there any other rookies that you know have any chance in the in that rookie of the year race 
Um, I don't think there's any other rookies that have any chances. I think you've had some some rookies that are able to contribute to their teams at a high level, uh, which is actually a little more surprising to me because we're they're they're contributing on teams that are contenders. Um, but bravo to Zion and his work ethic. Bravo to the coaching staff of the New Orleans Pelicans. In the time that Zion was recovering from his injury, he learned how to play basketball. And, and, and when I say that, I mean Zion's still extremely young. He played a half a season at Duke. You know, he came into college super young. These kids nowadays, they're playing AAU ball, they're playing travel ball, and they're not really learning the game. And you think you go to a place like Duke and Coach K is going to teach you the game. But these coaches care about winning, too. And Zion has such a unique skill in the fact that he can play bully ball and he plays so high above the rim. And he's just so strong and such a physical presence that I think somewhere along his development, coaches may have neglected to spend time with him, teaching him angles, teaching him footwork, teaching him the small nuances of playing in the post or, or even playing on the wing, which he's actually doing a lot of in new Orleans now. And the new Orleans Pelicans coaching staff have come so far with him from watching that one game that he played in summer league to watching these last nine games of him. Oh man, he's come so far. He's come so far. And if the Pelicans are somehow able to make the playoffs and somehow Memphis drops out of that eighth seed, I wouldn't be surprised if Zion still wins rookie of the year. Well, I mean, he fuels that media engine. He fuels that engine. Yeah, Yeah, he he sure does. Can I ask you one more question? NBA. In the West, Western Conference, it's Lakers-Clippers battling out for the Western Conference title. Who wins? To answer your question, Lakers. Okay. I don't know if it's Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference if Finals. It, if it was, I'm just saying if it was, with with Kawhi and what they're doing there. Paul George suffered another injury uh, uh, the night uh, Wednesday night. Okay. And um, this one may be a little more significant. And without Paul George, you look at teams like, uh, like Utah and you look at teams like Denver, they can Denver. make a lot of noise. Yeah. They can make yeah. a lot of noise. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, it'd be uh, interesting to watch, and uh, you know, any any um, insights we can get from you along the way, Shay, would be would be welcome. Let's 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 shift to the college basketball. Um, we are a couple weeks away from March, which means we're starting to get down to the nitty gritty. You're starting to look at the the seedings, and the, you're 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 paying attention to a guy named Joe Lenardi out of uh, out of uh, ESPN. <laughs> you know, with who's on the bubble and who's who's uh, first four out, four, and, four in, four um, out, yeah. Yeah, uh, right now Baylor, Gonzaga, uh, Kansas, and San Diego State are your kind of your locked four right now. San Diego Who, State Bill? still undefeated, twenty four and zero. Fight on, you mighty Essex. Um, uh, twenty six and zero, Sean. <laughs> they won their they won their twenty six game today. They uh, nice. destroyed destroyed Boise State. So nice. Um, San Diego, uh, Louisville five, Dayton. Uh, playing an unbelievable basketball right now. Dayton uh, at six, Duke seven, FSU eight, Maryland nine, Seton Hall ten. Um, you know, Big Ten really struggling to have anybody, uh, you know, stand up and do anything. Uh, SEC, uh, you know, once again, it's kind of a Kentucky in the lead with Auburn right now, uh, but a lot of teams kind of fighting for that fourth seed to to get that second day off in, in Tennessee, uh, Todd, for the SEC championship. 
Um, Nashville, right? Any guys? Yeah, have you guys. It, yeah, the SEC t- tournaments in Nashville. Um, what have you guys seen in in college hoops that's jumped out to you? Anybody, Bill? Besides your twenty six and zero San Diego State. I'll I'll <laughs> jump in real quick. Um, and Bill, I know you want to talk about it, but um, Sean, our buddy, your your fellow Columbus uh, resident, Aaron Conrad. Yeah, I've been just North Carolina is just having a season, right? Just yeah. awful, awful. Everything's going wrong. Like literally, everything going is wrong. going wrong. So, and again, the game, the game against Duke, right? I mean, how does Trey Young make that ball bounce off the rim and know exactly where it's going to go? And not only get the rebound, but hit the shot. And then the no call against, you know, Duke in the overtime. It was just (laughs) All you Duke haters, come on. Leave Duke alone. Move on. Well, 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 Shane Shane Bill, since you don't know, uh, Sean, I got an old work buddy. We don't work anymore, and he lives in Columbus. And he's the biggest diehard North Carolina fan. Yeah, he is. And and he's pretty honest honest on Twitter. Sean and I have kind of lived with them. What a just a brutal season! And so anyway, that that's um, some of the, some of the the blue chippers aren't aren't going to make the tourney, right? They'll be NIT bound, maybe. Don't you have to be five hundred to make the NIT? I don't know. Or not? Yeah, or unless, that, they, unless they have a magical run through the ACC tournament. Yeah, they, they they may be they may be out. So I, anyway, I, I I gotta call it the Pac-12. Still, remember we talked about them a few weeks ago. The the first ten teams in the Pac-12 by conference, you know, record all have winning records overall. Wow. The first 10 teams, I mean, uh, only, only Cal at 10 and 15 and Washington at 12 and 14 have losing records for the season. I just think that's pretty impressive, right? I mean, for, or, or does that just mean the Pac-12 is just that bad? <laughs> and a lot of other We'll teams. see come tournament time, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll no see. kidding. Yeah, that'll be yeah. the test. Yeah. I like yeah, that. I, you know, I told myself win. I was going to be more positive this year, so I don't want to hate on the Pac-12. I knew I'd get you going. Basketball to watch, <laughs> but but Bill, but to your point though, um, I'm headed out to the Mountain West tournament, and I will the Mountain West, the West Coast Conference, and the Pac-12 Conference will all be in Las Vegas, and so I'll spend a week out there, and I watch a lot of basketball that whole week. Just do nothing but lock in and watch basketball. I'm really excited to see the Pac-12 tournament because it's a conference of matchups. Yeah. Literally those top the top 9, the top 10 teams, anyone can beat anyone depending on matchup and style of play. There's so many different styles of play in that conference alone that you don't see in any of the other conferences. You look at a team like Washington and they brought in that 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 old school Syracuse 2-3 zone and they're just so mm. long. Like, that creates a lot of problems for a lot of teams in that conference. But then you take a team like Arizona, who has, you know, two to three bona fide pros there that are just super athletic, and they can just work their way around and dice through a zone. Yeah. It, it's, but they struggle against disciplined teams like Oregon State, for instance. You know, it's, just, yeah. it's matchups all day. It's just matchups in that conference. The, the, look, hey, Bill, the, maybe the first, we'll do an, the, Well, so the first six we'll spots. A, Go ahead. I was just gonna say we can do we can do a new segment uh, in season five. Uh, Shay hates the, hates on the Pac-12. That, that'll be his little. I'll make a little theme song for. <laughs> listen, listen to this. Here, here's the t- the top six teams in, in conference: Colorado nine and four, Oregon eight and four, Arizona eight and four, Arizona State eight and four, USC eight and five, UCLA eight and five. You're right. Wow. I mean, it's just it's it's is bunched, and that'll be a great tournament to watch. Balanced, Anything right? can happen. Balanced, yeah. yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise you surprise to see anyone win that tournament, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. 
Uh, let, let, let's quickly talk about something um, that happened can, can off, I, off the court. Yeah, go ahead, Shay. Jump in. I wanted to show some love to Bill, too. I know that Bill's a, a big Blue Devil fan, and we talk about Trey Jones and the, the free throw off the backboard. <laughs> I will tell you that when I fir my first coaching job in high school, coaching high school sports, my mentor was a huge Coach K fan, and I vividly remember two practices – preseason and one practice in season where in the practice plans we taught our kids how to miss free throws because mm. coach K said there would be a time that you would need to intentionally miss a free throw and there was a way to do it that's cool yes. so that's just coaching that's just coach K and coaching and it hey, actually showed up right there coaching Listen, is execution I, I, right and yeah. I, I know you guys I know you guys weren't watching but yesterday I had on the uh, before the Florida game uh, came on the South Carolina Tennessee game and it was a back and forth at the end where it was a bunch of turnovers and a bunch of bad plays that kept both teams in it. Long story short, Carolina goes up three. Tennessee guy comes down. They intentionally foul him, right, so he couldn't get off a three-pointer. The guy makes the first one and intentionally missed the second one and knew exactly where the rebound was going to go, got the rebound, and just missed the shot uh, that would have sent it to overtime. Wow. So to see it happen twice in this in, in a week period, Shade, I don't, I don't doubt it. You know, I – much like much like teams practice, you know, two minute drills in football, and 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 teams practice the you know the, the pickle play in baseball. Bill uh, doesn't happen, but four times a year. Think but, about it. If a guy's accurate enough to like you know be a forty percent free throw shooter, I'm sorry, forty percent three point shooter and a ninety five percent free throw shooter, that dude can hit the corner of the rim the certain way and make it make it yeah. do what he wants it to do, right? I would think. Yeah. Um, at yeah. least half the time, maybe more. But the I fun there, part, is, yeah, I think so. The fun part of sports is the better that people get at it, the better you can defend against it, right? They're unless, gonna start, um, they're gonna start coaching, right? Unless so, you're the Houston Astros, that's a segue. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I do. I do want to talk very quickly about uh, something that happened off the court last night, but it actually happened on the court, and that was Billy Donovan uh, getting his name on the court at Florida, Todd. Uh, Billy Donovan yeah. Court now at Exact Tech Arena. Um, 19 years as the coach, two national championships back-to-back. -back. Mm. Obviously, the last team in NCAA to, to, to go back-to-back. -back. Um, you know, it's inter interesting you talked about it on the show. You know, the first team that won the championship, they were started the season unranked, you know, four sophomores. Uh, three, four sophomores and a, a junior. Lee Horford was a junior, or mm. Lee, Lee um, Humphrey. And then yeah, the right. second year, they started – ranked number one preseason and made it all the way through the season and defended number one all through the season. So kind of interesting tale of two teams, you know, coming in unranked and winning it all and then being at the top and staying on the top and winning it all. Uh, Billy Donovan, obviously, uh, you know, we, and he, he's doing a pretty darn good job in Oklahoma with, with a, you know, an undermanned team. And I, I see shade nodding his head agreeing on that. Uh, he's just a good coach and he's a good dude too. I mean, his, his comments, he had 28 of his former players back, for the ceremony last night, Todd, I don't know if you saw it, but it was pretty cool to see, um, you know, all the, you know, Lee Horford and, and Joe Kim Noah and, uh, you know, Brad, Bradley Beal was back and it was just a really cool, cool moment there. And Mullen was there and Spurrier was there. Um, pretty cool for the Gator nation. So yeah, uh, really admire that guy. Um, if anyone's going to get the court named after, um, them, it's Billy Donovan, right? He, so, no one worked harder. No one's more humble, uh, shows more grace, um, is appreciative. I mean, the guy just checks all the boxes. Um, 
And, and if you followed him at Providence, you know, Shea probably doesn't remember, but he played at Providence for four years and he was on the court. He was as good as he, as he was yep. a coach, right? Under so, Patino, yeah. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. And um, did he I run that back? It. He ran that backdoor cut up at Providence. Has been there for like thirty-seven years. Sure, <laughs> right. That's Princeton. That's Princeton. Oh, that's Princeton. Princeton. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. The other, the other P. <laughs> so as as much as I hated him leaving, like I appreciate him now even more because he had to go scratch the NBA itch, and he's doing a pretty good job up there. So it's not like Spurrier going to the Redskins. That was a total bust. I mean, this guy's a legit, uh, not only college coach but certainly NBA coach. So. Cool. Yeah. Couldn't be happy for the guy, right? Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the two um, – the, the soccer story tied into the baseball story. Uh, Man City, Todd. Let's, let's start with soccer, and then we'll backdoor, and we'll finish with, with baseball uh, to wrap up our show. Um, Man City, uh, two-year ban from the uh, – from the Champions Cup? from the, Champions uh, League. European play, yeah. Champions League, yeah. yeah. So um, – I need to do a little research. I'm still not quite sure why they're banned. They, they violated a um, – uh, the, maybe there was a, a salary cap. Bill, if you know, jump in. Yeah, I read don't. an article. Um, yeah. They underreported or – no, overreported sponsorship revenue. Okay. And my guess is there's probably some sort of um, – um, I don't want to call it a cap or, or something. Yeah, depending yeah. on how much you spend because the, the owners of Man City – uh, it's like a, some oil guys in Abu Dhabi. I mean, mm-hmm. they have nothing but money, right? right? And so my guess is, yeah, there probably is some, I don't know, we'll call it a luxury tax here, but sure. by, by yeah. saying, oh no, this was sponsorship money, not money coming from us directly as ownership, that was a problem with uh, UEFA. So, so that's, that was interesting. I mean, that's, so that's, you know, it's, um, you, know, you got to be, you got to report your, uh, your income properly. And they did, so, and, and and a two-year ban from European plays huge. Mm. Not only yeah. for revenue, um, players, players. <laughs> you're, you're subject to having players leave and players coming in, right? So all this will be a big dent in, in Man City. Um, Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool skipper, actually, um, he he made a statement that he felt bad for uh, Pep Guardia, who's the, the manager of Man City and the team. Um, I, I think he likes the healthy rivalry of having another really strong, good, I mean, it would be like, you know, Boston Lakers, right? Uh, you know, they're your enemy, but it's kind of healthy to have back in the day to have two good squads. So, um, very, yeah, very interesting. And in a tier ban European play, it's, it may not in the short term hurt, but it's going to hurt, you know, two, one, two, three, five years, it, it, it might hurt for sure. Mm. So. Well, we'll yeah, check so, back check back in season seven and see what the what the fallout is, right? I mean, right, right. You know, and hey, if, yeah. if you'll indulge me and, and tell me no, um, I've gotta I've gotta say a couple things. Sorry, I know. So everyone, please go to Netflix. There's a show on there called Sunderland Till I Die, right? So it's the 2018 Sunderland Black Cats season. So this was a Premier League team that got de- uh, relegated to the championship, right? And so they're fighting to get back to the Premier League. Wow. Um, it's, one, it's one season. It's eight episodes. Watch it. Bill, I thought of you because they show people in the front office. They show the management. They focus on the fans. Um, it's, if you like sports, for, even if you don't like soccer, forget about it, right? It's the 
these these people in Sunderland. It's it's a dying old shipyard town, right? They used to make ships. Um, it's kind of a dying town, and they just live, breathe, and love soccer. Nice. And it's the pressure of the players. They they know how much it means to the the town, so they're trying to be promoted to the Premier League. Um, so take your time and watch it. So what's without giving too much away, I'm following Sunderland now. And I guess there's a thing called Google. They're in league one now, right? (laughs) Oh no. You're going the wrong way. (laughs) They're they're, they're in league one now, but so the top two teams in league one get promoted to the championship teams, three, four, five, and six are in a playoff for one more team to get promoted. Sunderland's in fifth with 54 points. Uh, the number one team, Rotterdam, has fifty-seven points. So they are, they are, they, they are on the cusp right of, uh, yeah. of of jumping back up. So if if awesome. you're bored and watch a want to watch a Netflix show, Sunderland Till I Die, it's well worth it. There, there's a U.S. Um, kind of a similar similar situation happening where you hear MLB recently have said they want to eliminate forty minor league teams. No, uh-uh, I miss that. Yeah, wow. think about that. Yeah. Think about those little single A towns or whoever they Tidewater, are. Tidewater, if you How, will. Well, yeah, yeah that's AAA, probably AAA, not Tidewater. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Think about the little single A towns. How important Rome, Georgia. That, yeah, <laughs> the, how important those teams are, and if that's true, that wow. uh, that's going to cause uh, you know some some uh, disconcerting events to happen in a lot of little towns where that team, you know, for 110 games a year, whatever they play is uh, super yeah. important. So. Dayton Dragons. Yeah. The Dayton Dragons. Yeah, is a, so they're double gonna... A. I mean, but yeah, you, you go even smaller, like the, uh, the Hickory Crawdads and the, you know, like, I mean, they can just think of these the, little towns the, all in the Southeast. The Rancho uh, Cucamonga, Chase. Rancho Cucamonga yeah. Quakes. Chase and again, out West, you know, not to oversell, but in the Sunland Sunday, they follow the general manager, the coach, the owner, uh, they they follow fans. You literally ticket people in the ticket office. Bill, nice. I thought of you. Literally. My peeps, my peeps. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just just do it, do it. If you hate okay. it, uh, yell at me. But I think you'll like it. So cool. let's let's hit let's skip hockey this week. Even though Bills Lightning have won ten in a row for the second time this year. Who? I got off the schneid. I went to my first. I've been you to went four to Lightning. Game. Yeah, I went to, let him talk. Went, I've been to four Lightning games. They all they were all losses, and I got my first win yesterday. They beat nice. the Flyers, and they're, yeah, they're uh, in second place in the Atlantic now. A ton of Flyer fans. A ton of Flyer fans. That's Florida. You live in Florida. I know. Transplants I know. But at least yeah. when the Golden Knights come here, Anthony said there's like no Golden Knight fans in the, you know, it's all Tampa <laughs> fans. It's awesome. So <laughs> you just got to get those new teams in there. That's but great. Uh, let's finish with baseball. Bill, uh, it's your, you're kind of the, the, the boss of the baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, pitchers and catchers they report. Reported, yeah. Which obviously brought a lot of media attention to the Houston Astros. Uh, really the first time that they've talked uh, in this new season since the uh, since Hinch and Luna were fired. Um, I, I don't think the apologies could have gone worse. Uh, um, there's been more talk this last week about um, retaliation and uh, stripping titles and, you know, players from, you know, uh, you, you know, star pitchers to uh, players that played for the Dodgers and players that played against the Yankees, you know, just, it, it, it's been, it's been a, you know, I, I don't know what, what else Manfred can do. I, they're not going to take the title from them. You know, I, I just, I don't see that happening at, at least not, not now would be so reactionary, but you know, Dusty Baker, the new coach of the Astros came out and said, you know, we're, we're going to have to find a way to protect against, you know, people getting thrown at. 
Yeah. Just what's your thought on that, Bill? I mean, it's, well, it, I'll get, it's I'll get Shay's, Shay's take. Rule. Yeah, I'll, I have some thoughts. I'll get Shay's take first because we haven't talked to Shay about it at all. What, what, what do you think of, about what uh, has come to light? And by the way, the Red Sox are next. Within the next eight to 10 days, they're going to come down on the Sox. So. Yeah. Yeah, stop lying. I heard the other day they were saying that Jose Altuve didn't have a signal device on. He had a bad tattoo, and he didn't want his jersey ripped off so everyone could see his bad tattoo. Right. Is that the worst lie ever? Like, I yes, thought a better horrible. lie than that when I was in high school sneaking out of the house. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Just own your truth. Just own the situation. Yep. Take it like a man and just move forward. If you really feel that you're that good, then, then take it and compete. You still have a good team. Do it the right way yeah. and move forward. Yeah, look, every single player on the Astros, every single person in that clubhouse knew what was going on, without mm. a doubt. They all knew. And it, with, unless Fires comes clean in a weird way while he's at Seattle, you know, <laughs> she's pissed off maybe at the Astros for some reason, maybe it never really comes to light. Um, but, but, you know, if, if there's a – there, you know, <laughs> look, my take is this. The Astros – deserve every single thing they get for the next two or three years, which is going to be a lot of hatred from a lot of people, um, a lot of players, a lot of players whose careers were affected by them cheating. They're going to be um, ostracized and, and just shredded by every fan base for every game they go away. And can they coalesce under this? And, and they're really, they're, they're a great team. They've got good players. That's the, the worst part about this. They probably mm. didn't have to do that. Probably. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, they're going to try to band together. It could propel them to greater heights. They could have a great year this year, right? Because it's this, it, they really are going to have that it's us against the world mentality, which has fueled a lot of teams in, in sports, professional and amateur, right, throughout the years. But I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I, <laughs> the Major League Baseball has the strongest players union in, in all of sports. It always has been that way. Uh, they started back in the seventies and, and, and Manfred was afraid of them. Manfred wouldn't bring any, um, you know, uh, uh, suspensions or fines or whatever against the players because he knew it would just get tied up with a, uh, you know, uh, a complaint from the association that they would fight it and it would end up being nothing anyways. <clears throat> so they couldn't do anything. So his, his tack was to go after the management after Lunau. I think, um, I think the Red Sox are going to be in that same boat, which is going to be interesting because I know a lot of people at the Red Sox. They're all ex-Padres people. So mm. watching closely to see what names get affected there. Alan still the owner there? No, it's John Henry and Tom Henry, Warner. John Henry. John Henry and Tom Warner. Uh, John Henry also owns Liverpool, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so anyways, jump, I, I'm rambling, in. but yeah. Now, jumping in, I couldn't agree with Shay more. Just stop <laughs> lying. It's don't insult us. So, Here's my problem. Um, I may never like or admire the Astros ever again. I mean, that's just kind of my personality. Yep. I'm very forgiving. If, as Shay said, they came out and said, "Yeah, we we thought we we thought we get away with it. We got caught. I'm sorry, but they're not. They're they're." So here's here's what's bothering me. Um, it's the collateral damage. Not only have players that lost their careers and jobs, but Guys, I was the biggest, and I still am. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I was the biggest Brian McCann fan of all time, right? Mm. He's a local boy in Atlanta. He came back home last year. The Braves were one ridiculously horrible game away, game five against the Cardinals, of advancing and finally win the playoff. 
I love Brian McCann, but as Bill said, he, he must have been team. complicit. Dallas Keuchel, what a cool dude. He came, he was a, he was a hired gun for half a season last year, helped the Braves. Um, again, we were one game away of, of advancing, which Braves haven't won a playoff series in, what, 19 years? It's, it's, for as dominant <laughs> as the Braves were for so long, there's, yeah. there's – so that's what breaks – the collateral damage is what bums me out. Brian McCann, yeah. a good guy, got caught up in a bad situation, kept his mouth shut, which I understand, but now – I look at him different, right? Yeah. No, it did just you, did, stinks. Did you hear Carlos Correa's quotes? I think they were this morning. Uh, I haven't. No, he, no. he just, he basically just blew up the whole apology thing and basically said, look, and look at the games themselves. And he's talking about specific games in the playoffs. Yeah. They had, they left all these runners on base. They had the opportunity to win that game. You know, th- this is bullshit that we're going through. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're even going to go there? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a victim you, all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, he's the, you're the victim? Yeah, it's like... Geez. Well, Jose, um, who's the second base of Altuve? Altuve, yeah. His home versus away stats they showed the last three years are ridiculous. Well, he's been like 600 yeah. at home, 100 on the road. <laughs> well, he, so it's like, now that, are you now here, saying this didn't affect you? I mean, come on. Dude. So now Altuve's okay. defense... As Shea said, tell the truth. Just yeah. tell the truth. Well, here's Altuve's defense. Some, some, some guy... Some Astros fan actually went by, went back and looked at every at bat, uh, home games in 2017, everything he could find. He had, you know, he was counting the drum hits or the the trash can hits on different batters, and that it, it, Altuve only had the sound occur on his at bats 2.4 percent of the time, where the others guys average between 14 and 20 percent of the time. So they're trying to like you know, kind of vindicate and, and, and justify, you know, yeah. justify that. Oh, it wasn't Altuve. Altuve didn't want the help. Dude was wired. Dude was wired. <laughs> like Chase, Shay, just tell the truth. Stop exactly. lying. Shay, yeah. Shay hit on the head, man. Just come clean. Yeah. They're not going to strip the title. It's, I mean, no, whatever. They can't, they're not going to do that. There, get, there's a part of baseball where you try to cheat and extend the lines. They just took it too far. Oh, look. And now they're slapping since, their hands. Since baseball on. started, there's been sign stealing. And, yes. and when, and look, and if you, if you're skilled enough to have a runner at second and they can pick up what they're, what they're trying it, to do yeah. and you want to give a little signal, you touch something <laughs> here or you touch a leg, just signal an off speed pitch coming. Awesome. But you know what happened when the other team found out you were doing that? They you plunked you. You got plunked. Yeah. <laughs> and you stopped doing it. It's all good. Yeah. You don't hit them in the head. You hit them in the, the waist, you hit them in the ass and go stop Ribs, doing maybe, that. Yeah. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. But oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't. Maybe it happens in, in you know, in uh, in, in Florida in the in the spring training. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, Houston's going to come in chippy, and the first ball even gets close. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't doubt the bench is clear. Um, but once again, they got to go through 29 teams to, to kind of check the check the box. You know, they got <laughs> to take, they gotta, they gotta take their medicine. They got to yeah, take they, their medicine on the tour. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, you know, they're so they're we'll talking see. suspensions. If you throw it an Astro, that is not going to work. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you just there's just no way. So it it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting, and exciting. If you're not a baseball fan, this is a great year to get involved in baseball. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shay's got some. Shay, jump it. Shay's yeah. got some. Bill, do we know why they stopped? Because listening to the apology, the apology. Yeah. It seemed like MLB was on to them, and they were saying that, you know, MLB representatives were in the dugout or kind of watching it a little more closely. So yeah. was the secret out 
and they yeah. and they chose when and when and this when happened in 17 yeah so this, was, this happened in 17 so yeah two years later i'm sure they knew because cora went from houston to boston right and there was some talk you know somebody was talking talk. about something i think she's onto it yeah <clears throat> no but the end but mlb was already kind of uh looking into this <clears throat> and i think mlb wanted to just go away just and let it die because that would have been Which better is always for them. a bad strategy right? i know to it's do something quietly but when yeah. fires went live you know just what in october of 2019 he the 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 publication was the athletic right when they when he went live and you know just kind of like laid everything out for everybody then mlb was put in a bad position like we got to go now but you're right it, it had stopped because MLB was kind of looking into it and they knew. And so <clears throat> the TV probably got moved and, you know, they stopped doing mm-hmm. it. So, and they haven't won a world series. Did they in the last two years? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> no, they world series? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. They, they lost all the games at home last year in the, in the world series. So, all right guys, let's, let's, let's call it, let's call it quits. Uh, Shay's got to get in from his cold car, uh, to, uh, to his place. Uh, let's go around the horn lines. We always do, uh, Finishing up the first episode of season five, Shay, what do you got coming up this week, man? What's on the horizon up there in PDX? Man, I I can't stress enough, guys, how important it is to to take time for yourself. Um, in life, we get caught up in in going and going and doing things and checking off a box, checking off a list, you know, accomplishing our goals. But take time to enjoy the moment. Take time to understand and appreciate that the present is, is called a present because it is the present, you know, it's a present. It's a present. Enjoy the now, uh, understand the now, be aware of the now and, and, and your, what's around you, the people around you and the things, pay attention to all the signs and, and just enjoy the present. Awesome. Top D, what do you got coming up, man? Hey man, what Chase said, um, and I'll, 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 I'll talk work after, but, um, I think I talked to you all. My mom's my mom's going through uh, chemotherapy and radiation, and and the thing that I learned, um, which helped me, and kind of echoing what she said, you're not alone, dude. Everyone goes through things, and um, we're all well loved. You'll never realize how well you're loved until you're faced with a little adversity. So again, just piggyback on what she said. Um, got a great week planned, Sean. Got uh, tomorrow's technically off with President's Day, but I'm I'm, I'm working full steam ahead. Um, it is the end of February, end of month two. We had a great year last year and, um, Hey man, I'm in sales. I got to match it up. Right. So <laughs> it's time, it's time to keep the, uh, the ball, the ball rolling and, and close some work. So looking forward to, uh, touching the flesh and, and, and calling on customers and, and closing jobs. So, um, looking forward to a, another great week. And, um, my son's playing lacrosse two games in. Uh, he's got a game on Thursday. They're 0 two, but um, they're they're a young team, but they're uh, they're 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 getting better. So hopefully, we get our first win on Thursday. Awesome. What about you, Bill? Um, so I I just want to say that Shay and Todd, you guys are brothers when it comes to having that kind of conversation because that's <laughs> um, you know I I don't I need to think more like that. I'm one of those guys that doesn't do what Shay just said I should be doing, and so I appreciate you saying that, Shay. Yeah, and Todd. You, you are always the guy that's trying to keep that chain of thought going. So I love having, I love hearing that message. Um, and my, um, uh, this week I'm on the road. I got tomorrow off. I'm doing a quick interview with Emily Chenever, Sean of, uh, the Austin border realtor. She did a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk to her. 
And uh, this week on the Real Estate Sessions podcast, it's Beata Jones, who's the CEO of the Royal Palm Coast Realtor Association. So I stay oh, cool. really Beata? local. Beata, yeah, she's from Germany oh, nice. originally. Yeah, and so nice. she's uh, she started as a receptionist in 1997 at the board. Worked her way through all the different parts wow. of the the organization. She's now CEO. I think that's a great story. So. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's you've uh, had a couple couple good episodes lately. I've been like, great show's been great uh, recently. So cool. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome, uh, guys. For me, I think what 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 Shay and and Todd uh, started off our uh, week ahead uh, comes to fruition. Um, Todd, my blog post that's getting ready to go live here in a few minutes uh, for my Monday morning match is uh, is titled 20, it was 20 years ago today, which mm-hmm. obviously you first dad think of passed away. the yeah. Beatles, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, 20 years ago tomorrow, my dad passed away. Wow. So I'll take mom, mm-hmm. take mom to the cemetery. And Shay, as you said, I'll uh, appreciate the present. Um, being a dad myself now, it's kind of cool. And I, I kind of tell the story in my blog for tomorrow about how you got to kind of pay attention to what, what's going on today before you know it, you'll say it was 20 years ago today that you, you should have done something else, right? One of my favorite quotes is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So mm. good, good way to kind of tie, tie a bow on, on, on these conversations and uh, have a good, a good week ahead. So uh, I'll tell you what, on behalf of Shay, Shay, first of all, great to see you, man. Glad you were able to, to join us again. And hopefully uh, invites always open for you to, to be our West Coast correspondent. Um, so on behalf of Shay and Todd and Bill, it's Sean Carpenter. Thanks for tuning in to the stare down.